Let me ask you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. In this passage that I'm about to read is contained our verse of the year for 2020. So we'll give it a little bit of context. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. We're going to begin with verse 12. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's bow together. Lord, we need to hear from your Holy Spirit how we can do these things given the circumstances we are in right now. And yet we know that your word is true, and it's true for all time. And so will you help us? Will you guide and guard our hearts and our minds and conform our wills To yours, we pray in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Well, in the fall of 2019, let's see, that was about five years ago, right? (laughs) seems like it some days. But in the fall of 2019, uh, your session did what we do every fall, and that is uh, we chose a verse of the year for the next year, in this case for 2020. The process is, is this. We have verses submitted by uh, session members, or if somebody suggests a verse to one, uh, and we, we kind of put them all together and we pray about it and we, we vote and we narrow them down until we have chosen a verse for the next year. The idea of the verse of the year is that, uh, um, as you can see, you got a card and, and uh, we encourage people to put it in a, in a prominent place, to memorize it, to think on it, and to uh, seek to apply it throughout the year. Now, obviously, in November of 2019, we had no idea what the church and what things would look like three months later, uh, much less nine months later now. 
And yet we believed that God had led us to that verse. I still believe that. On the first Sunday in January, as I do every year, either that Sunday or the last one of the year, uh, we present our verse of the year and encourage its application. And as I look back at, at that sermon, um, it was interesting to think through just a whole different mindset, really, of uh, what we were planning for the year and looking forward to in the year and how very different it is. So was, was 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, I, I'm calling it the verse of the year. It's actually three verses, but it's the length of, of one verse, one brief verse, really. Was that a good choice or a bad choice? Did God do a good thing leading us to that, or, or did he not? Would this be better some other, maybe a happier year than this one? Well, we're going we're gonna to look at how it applies. And I, I want to use it today uh, thinking particularly in terms of this COVID-19, this quarantine that we have been through and we're still going through. I, I want to see how, how could we apply it in this, but I only want to do that as an example so that we can, we can see how God's Word applies to us regardless of what we are going through. And I want us to kind of practice that today. Uh, how can we say rejoice always uh, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. How can we say that in 2020? So let's, let's take a look at, uh, at these verses. First of all, how, how do we rejoice in a time of COVID? Uh, it says rejoice always, and yet... This is a really sad time in our history, isn't it? So much going on in our country that would be difficult anyway. But then with, with COVID overshadowing everything, where we have been kept apart, it's, a, it's affected families, churches, businesses, Schools, it has affected, as we even saw in the video, it's affected our, our whole world. And for many, it's a great sadness. So surely, when Paul penned this verse to that church, when the Holy Spirit inspired him to do that, surely... Paul had in mind a happier time when he started out with rejoice always. Well, the answer is no, not really. In fact, no, not at all. There are, are three modifiers in here in these three phrases. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and then give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God. 
why is he commanding such perseverance? Why is he commanding them not to quit but to keep doing those things, continually do those things as the language tells us? Well, here's why. Because that church was undergoing persecution. They were not in a happy time or a happy place when he said, rejoice always. We know that by looking at the earlier part of 1 Thessalonians in chapter 1. It says this, verse 6, And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. So joy doesn't necessarily come naturally to, uh, to everybody. Some of you, and you know who you are, some of you find it easier to express joy and to feel joy than others, right? Don't look at anybody here when I say that, okay? But that's just the way it is. It comes more naturally. But it does not, it's not a natural thing to rejoice when we're in a difficult time and certainly not when we're in affliction or persecution, That's not natural. It is supernatural, but it's not. The other thing we need to understand about about joy, and we we say this in our our vision statement, is it's not all about the outward. It's not not giggling and and laughing all the time, although I I do believe that that where God's Holy Spirit is, there's going to be laughter, even in difficult times. But... There is, in the Scripture, and the Apostle Paul showed us, there is a deep and abiding joy that remains even for him when you're in prison or for the Thessalonians when they're in affliction, when they're being persecuted. It's a different kind of joy, but it's based on something much bigger than circumstances. And I have to say this, that fear, I am convinced, is one of the greatest stealers of joy. And there's a lot of fear in our day about a lot of things. But fear can control. Fear or the Holy Spirit but not both. And so, it will steal our joy or we can rejoice even in a time of COVID. Now, how, how can we do that? Well, that brings us to the next thing he says, and, I, and I, I'm convinced we cannot do it without the next thing he says, uh, pray without ceasing. So, how do we... How do we do this prayer in a time of COVID? Well, Martin Luther, as we've said before, prayed for an hour straight every day. Well, except for busy days, then he prayed two hours straight. So what is the prayer? How do we do it? 
Well, John Piper talks in his book, Let the Nations Be Glad. He, he talks about, uh, and I shared this in January as well, he, he talks about how life is war. And we need to understand that prayer is given to us because life is war. This is the way he puts it. Life is, is war. That's not all it is, but it is always that. Our weakness in prayer is owing largely to our neglect of this truth. Prayer is primarily a wartime walkie-talkie for the mission of the church as it advances against the powers of darkness and unbelief. It is not surprising that prayer malfunctions when we try to make it like a domestic intercom to call upstairs for more comforts in the den. God has given us prayer as a wartime walkie-talkie so that we can call headquarters for everything we need as the kingdom of Christ advances in the world. So here's what he's saying is that, that if we understand that life is war, we are in spiritual battles at all time. Prayer is given to us so that, you know, like the walkie-talkie given to the, the soldier, we call for help. We need help. We need to be we, equipment. We need to, to be equipped to get through this, we need something else. But he said, here's, here's how we tend to do it. We treat prayer like, uh, like the intercom, like we're sitting on the couch, and uh, we press the intercom and, and say, uh, could you bring me another pillow or maybe something to eat or, or drink to make me more comfortable? And he said, when, when we treat it that way, prayer malfunctions. In other words, it's not functioning as it was designed. And so, what about our church? How about us at St. Andrews? Here's what we say in our vision 2022 in answer to the question, by what means will SAPC minister? In other words, how, how are we going to be equipped to do what we say we believe God wants us to do. And here's the answer. We will be empowered by the Holy Spirit, God alone. We will be motivated by his grace and our obedience. We'll be equipped by God's holy word. And then we go on to say this. And we will be empowered by prayer to the one who alone can enable us to succeed Prayer cannot merely be an add-on, nor should it be an afterthought, but should be the first step and should permeate every ministry and activity of St. Andrews. So this is what we're saying, is that we should not be the kind of church that uh, makes big old plans or even puny little plans and then says, Okay, yeah, you know what? We need to ask God to bless our plans. But instead, we need to be the kind of church that begins with prayer as we plan and seek his wisdom and, and his plans. We permeate that with prayer. And then after those plans are made, as we seek to execute them, we continue in prayer. And if we do that, that's how... We are praying without ceasing. So what's Paul saying to the Thessalonians? 
He's saying they should be constantly in prayer, but not because of circumstances, but in spite of their circumstances. Now, we're going to spend the next few minutes on, on this third one. They're all related, all, all three of these commands. But how do we give thanks in the time of COVID? He says we are to give thanks in all circumstances. In my first message back in January on this, uh, I shared this. I gave, gave three applications. One is giving thanks at all times requires a belief in God's sovereignty. Number two, giving thanks at all times requires a belief in his goodness. If we don't believe he's good, we won't thank him. Thirdly, giving thanks at all times requires practiced perspective. So let's practice having a perspective that enables us to give thanks. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. It's a command for all God's people of all ages What are some things that we can give thanks for in a time of COVID? Now, not all of these are going to necessarily be in order of the most important to the least important, but but this first one I do think is the most important, and that is we can be thankful that God is sovereign. Nothing happens that takes God by surprise. Nothing happens happens that surprises him. Not just because he can look ahead and see what's going to happen, but because he determines it. That's what we call his providence. Now, let me, let me read to you from the, the confession of faith what this providence is. Here's what it, how it's described. God, the great creator of all things, does uphold, direct, dispose and govern all creatures, actions, and things from the greatest even to the least by his most wise and holy providence. He's in control is what that's saying. Now, is that good or bad? Well, if he didn't control them, then we're without hope. I, I was so struck at the words of um, one of our hymns, God Moves in a Mysterious Way. I hope you noticed them as you sang them. Uh, This is one of the phrases, behind a frowning providence, he hides a smiling face. Now, don't get the wrong picture. It's not that when, when we're going through something difficult or that we would think is bad, his smiling face isn't, isn't gleeful. But what it is is he sees his glorious plan being worked out and he knows that it will be for our good and for our best. That's why he smiles even when it feels like he must be frowning at me or at us with what we are going through. And then the fifth verse, it says, the bud may have a bitter taste, but sweet will be the flower. So we go through something and and it, it feels very, very difficult. 
But the outcome, the result, the long-term picture is beautiful and sweet because it comes from God. So here's what we have to do. Do not judge God by our circumstances, but judge our circumstances by what we know of God. Get it? We know that he is good and he is loving and he always does what's best for his people. Now, sometimes we can't see how that can be the case right now and that's when we are living by faith. We say, I, I can't prove it, but, but I already know he's good and he's loving, he's full of grace and he's doing what's best for us. I'm so thankful that we don't know the future. And I'm also thankful that God does know the future. But more than that, I'm thankful that God is in control of the future and we are not. There are so many weeks where I look back and I say, I'm so glad I didn't know what was going to happen this week. Think what a burden it would be if we knew what was coming. I was talking with someone uh, after the, the early service today. You know, when this quarantine happened, I thought, oh, this is really, this is really bad. Uh, this might last a couple of weeks. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking that, you know. What if we can't meet for two or three weeks or till the end of the month? I'm so thankful that I didn't know. But I also knew then and I know now that God not only knew he was in control and he has his reasons for all of this, it may seem like a frowning providence, but he's smiling because he has his ways. A second reason to give thanks is God is with us. No matter what's going on, in, um, uh, he says, behold, I am with you always to the end of the age, Matthew 28. Thirdly, I am thankful because COVID cannot affect my salvation. Whatever is happening in this world, if, if one is trusting in Jesus Christ alone for eternal life, there is peace with God, and nothing, no pandemic can change that. I'm thankful for that. Fourthly, I'm thankful that God has used this in my sanctification. I have said this many times in many different venues. You've heard from me that everyone and everything in our lives are there to make us more like Jesus. So just, just plug in. COVID, COVID-19, the quarantine, is in order to make us more like Jesus. Now, you might have to step out on faith to say that and to believe it, but if you do, it gives you something to be thankful for. Fifthly, I'm thankful because if I get COVID-19 and recover, then God has protected me. He is the great physician. He is the healer. 
So everyone that, that either doesn't get it or gets it and recovers, we can give thanks for. But sixthly, if I get COVID-19 and die, my journey here is over, but I will be with the Lord forever. Now, I, I'm not wanting to get it, but Paul understood this. He understood that from a believer's perspective, it is win-win no matter what happens. Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And then we see him kind of wrestle with himself. My, my desire is to go to be with him, but it's better for you that I stay for now. But he says it will be so much better. So, Whatever you would threaten Paul with, he would say, okay, that's a win. You can't take anything from me. So in terms of application, a lot of time and effort is spent on Christians trying to figure out God's will for our lives. And a lot of times uh, what what we're doing is we are trying to figure out what we would call his secret will. In other words, it's not like a, there's a verse in the Bible that can tell you what his will is in this area. You want to know God's will for your life? Well, here it is. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. What is the this? referring to. It's referring to all the above. The will of God in Christ Jesus for you is to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, and to give thanks in all circumstances. That is the will, I guarantee it, for you in Christ Jesus. That's his will. If there is no other incentive if nothing else makes sense to do these things, the incentive is it's God's will for us. Now, I want to remind you what I said in the beginning about this message. The purpose of this sermon was not just to apply this to COVID. It was for us to see how we can apply it whatever we are facing. So for some of you, the, the great looming thing is COVID-19 and the quarantine or the effects of all that or the fear from all that, and, and that may be what the biggest thing for you is, but for others of you, um, it's not COVID. Remember what I always say, this is temporary. So for others of you, the biggest thing is a health issue you have or that you are mourning, grieving a loss or that you're having family problems or that you're having financial problems or you've lost your job. Uh, any number of things can be the biggest thing looming for you and as we saw in the Beatitudes, if that's the case, you're in good company. In fact, 
this command has been given down through the ages for all, not just those who recently had something that they could rejoice over or be thankful for. It's for all believers of all time. So people of God at St. Andrew's, keep rejoicing. Keep praying, people of God at St. Andrew's. And keep giving thanks no matter what your circumstances are. And that's the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Let's bow together. Lord, we cannot do this unless your Holy Spirit empowers us to do so. And we know that. We run out of steam. We, we can't keep going. We can't keep rejoicing. Or we, we don't know what to say in our prayers. And we, we can't think of things to give thanks for. But if that's your will for us, you can enable us to do so. And so we ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen.